What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 35 of the Yard Podcast. I'm your host, Randy. And I'm your host, Konu. And we are back here again to keep you guys all updated on everything. Uh, Even though it's what I feel like was kind of a slow week, there's actually a lot to go over. So uh, I really don't want to discuss anything else besides getting into it so we're not wasting anybody's time. But first thing we have to discuss, because I feel like we've all keep looking back at this, but fantastic news for Tommy Lasorda. According to John Heyman, he is expected to be home in time for Christmas. Uh, They're aiming for the 23rd, so hopefully we hear something that he's home tomorrow, but uh, I'm just glad to know he's healthy and hopefully out of the hospital tomorrow, not any later. Uh, Mookie Betts keeps doing Mookie Betts things. He was named the Sports Illustrated 2020 Player of the Year after helping bring home the Dodgers' first World Series in 32 years, so not a surprise there. Uh, He mentions it in his video. His job was basically to come here and help bring a World Series to L.A., and he did it. That's what the entire point of him being traded, so uh, he did his job, and he's gotten countless of awards for it, and he deserves every single one. Um, doing big things in Nashville back at home. He's helping out with the players pool up tour. It's with the players Alliance. So basically they're heading around to all different cities around the U S and helping pass out, whether it's canned food, clothes, goods, as well as helping provide baseball equipment, uh, to kids in their hometown. So Mookie was out there. It was actually really cool. MLB posted a video of him talking to, uh, a younger kid trying to put a glove on and you could see Mookie was about to sign a ball for him and then he saw how he put the glove on and I couldn't hear what was being said but you could see Mookie like grabbed his hand and adjust it differently in the glove so he would know how to actually hand have his hand in there correctly and you you could tell the kid was like in total shock that Mookie Betts is here helping him so um big fan of that I love it especially when the bigger name players are still out there doing their thing they're not just doing the basic to get by so love Lots of respect to Mookie for that. Um, Another wedding, because they just keep happening for our Dodgers. So congratulations to Will. And I think it's Cara. It might be Kara. I apologize, one or the other. But the Smiths on their wedding, they got married. I think it was on Friday. So uh, more rings for them. Uh, This is good news. I know some people are bitching because, like, the Dodgers are World Series champions. But I I think, let's be real here, we're all kind of very happy but through the all-star break the Dodgers are only on Sunday night baseball on ESPN once and it will be against the Padres on April 25th so really everyone's bitching like the Dodgers are World Series champions they should have it but in reality do any of us actually care do we really want to listen to Sunday night baseball I mean I'm sure some fans do when I first saw it I was one of those thinking why the fuck do they only have uh one game and then I was like oh wait that means you don't have to listen to A-Rod or Mendoza or them. So this is fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm all for it. I cannot stand ESPN. Besides, I feel like they don't ever talk about the game. They randomly bring players from other teams on and talk to them. The I'll Matt never Chapman forget game? that thing pissed me off. And I felt bad because like, I like Matt Chapman and he was probably put in a really awkward position that was like, Hey, can you come on? And then they start asking him these dumb questions and then everyone gets mad at him and ESPN. And it's like, it wasn't Chapman's fault, but yeah, that, that sucks. They need to stop doing that. I don't think anyone actually enjoys that. Um, Elliot Soto, we've got another minor league deal. So this is, again, it's the typical Andrew Friedman minor league deal. Uh, I, some people say maybe the new Chris Taylor, I'm not going to get my hopes up with that. Uh, he is 31. One, and he is an infielder who has spent 11 years in the minors however he did make his MLB debut this year and he got his first big league hit against the Dodgers so um, I would not be surprised if we see him out there with like a spring training invite getting time uh, but my guess is that's just more minor league depth 
And since we are on minor league depth, uh, Tim Federowicz, Federowicz, however you say that, FedEx, we're going to go with that because it's easier. Um, he actually announced on Twitter that he's back with the Dodgers last week. Um, Again, I don't take any of that more than just minor league depth. If there's an injury or if a player gets called up or if there's a, tra a trade and they need someone at the AAA level, I kind of assume that's basically what he's there for. Um, but with that said, now let's get into a little bit of the more important things. Um, Friedman's priorities. I'm going to have you start with this one and then I'll kind of follow up on where you go from there. So the two main things that Friedman was prioritizing is a right-handed bat and then a bullpen piece they are confident in. Um, if this is the case, then the Dodgers obviously have a lot of options, especially for the right-handed bat. I'm currently working on some articles on Dodger Yard that highlight some of the free agent options as well as trade options for a right-handed bat. Uh, I did write an article about a uh, South Korean star, Hong Sung Kim. Uh, another option I'm very intrigued by is Marcelo Suna. Now, if the Dodgers, or if the DH does go back to the NL, I think that would be something that the Dodgers should really uh, look into. Um, and then another one for me was uh, Marcus Simeon. I'm, I'm doubling down on him. I get he's been below average on offense. Um, there was also another player the Dodgers signed who was below average except for one year, and he goes by the name of A.J. Pollock. In his two years here, he's been well above average offensively. So it's hard for me to say that Simi can't do what uh, AJ Pollock is doing. Uh, another trade target that I've come around a lot on, and we talked about it last week, was Chris Bryant. Uh, there are definitely injury questions for sure, but after doing some research, I think he's my favorite option. I was clearly downplaying his abilities. I was completely wrong about him. Uh, when he's healthy, he's a fantastic hitter, better than Arenado by far too. And he's probably cheaper so than my well. question yeah probably uh my question for Simeon is my guess is is that a filler piece just until we see someone like, is that your thoughts like a filler piece till we see someone like yes. Cody Hosey just just for two okay. years so I think Hosey or something's right okay yes. okay plus he so only I'm, wants I'm, to take a short deal anyway yeah so I mean that would work for the Dodgers if like because he's Friedman has mentioned preparing for Justin Turner to leave at the end of the day the Dodgers could do anything to bring Turner back. But like Robert said, it's a two-way street. There is no guarantee Turner's coming back. They cannot make him come back no matter how bad. It, it has to work on both sides. So them having to prepare for that, um, Simeon would be a good fit to just get, does he play third base or is he He's all a shortstop, but before he played third and second. Okay, so he is capable of playing there. Um, and so I would get that. It'd be a cheap option. It would allow them to extend Seager, spend the money on him, uh, figure out what they want to do with Bueller and Bellinger in another year after that, and then uh, bring Hosey up following that. So I do see that uh, for my right-handed bat. I said, obviously outside of Turner for pretending he's not coming back. Cause if he does, I don't know how many other right-handed bats they'd really look for. Um, Ozuna is interesting to me, but like you said, that's only if the DH comes around. I don't think there's a spot for him defensively. Uh, He's just not very good there, at least I don't think he is. Um, and then, of course, my thought goes to LeMahieu, which just is unlikely. That's not going to happen. Uh, and then, like you mentioned, Arenado or the Bryant trade. And then Kim. Uh, so I, I had a little bit of a hard time with this. Uh, I do feel like Arenado, Kim, and Bryant, they kill two birds with one stone. You get your right-handed bat and your third baseman. Uh, so they could go either direction. 
the only issue that I run into with, again, Arenado and is mostly the money and what that would mean for a uh, Seager who knows what Brian's looking for. I mean, I kind of feel like he's gotten a lot of disrespect lately because uh, of his injuries and having a rough year. So and not, no, not even just from you, from everybody, media, everyone. And so I, part of me is wondering if he wants even a short-term deal to kind of bet on himself and maybe do something for a year or two. And like that, I would be totally fine with that because then we're not risking Seager long-term. You wait for Hosey to come up. You can focus on Bueller and Bellinger. Um, I also know they're worrying about a bullpen piece that they can rely on because I just don't think Kenley Jansen's going to be that guy for the Dodgers anymore. I don't think they will publicly announce that. I just think we're going to see it happen uh, with the season. They might do the nice thing and like let him start there the beginning of the season, but I don't see it sticking. Uh, I want Liam Hendricks, but if he's really stuck on that four-year deal, I don't know if that's going to happen for the Dodgers. Um, that's a lot for a relief pitcher just to begin with. Uh, and then, so my mind goes to Brad hand that maybe they go that route. Uh, Indians didn't want to pick up his option for 10 million. So I'm sure they could get him for not too much money, maybe a year or two. Cause again, he was another guy. He actually had a good season, but again, I'm have, I'm of the idea that I would not be surprised to see a lot of players from 2020, take a one-year deal, wait for the market to rebuild itself next year. See where free agency that wait until the new CBA has been discussed before signing some long-term deal uh, after next season. So if guys are, if a lot of these guys are wanting to do one-year deals at that point, I would just want the Dodgers to start throwing contracts at them if they fit and they're in our needs because it's one year that they're going to have to take the hit on luxury tax. So I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. So my thinking was as far as pitchers goes, uh, there's no better option than Liam Hendricks, uh, especially in the last two years, he's been stellar in late inning situations and while the rest of his team was folding against the Astros, he was the he was the only one out there really battling and shutting them down. Uh, a little side note that I found interesting was um, since I'm talking about Liam Hendricks, and one of those MLB trade rumors live chats, um, a question was posed: Who's more likely to be a Dodger, Hendricks or Bauer? The person running the chat obviously said Hendricks, but he said if Bauer is serious about taking the a short deal, one two years then the Dodgers will gladly sign both. That I 100% could see. Um, yeah, I think the weirdest thing with the whole Bauer situation, which we'll get into in a little bit, is nobody actually knows if he's sticking to that one-year deal, it sounds like. Um, so, of course, that makes it a little bit more difficult on the Dodgers. Like, you could absolutely sign Bauer one year, 35, 40 million, whatever it is, it, whatever they feel it takes to get him here, if that's what they want. Um but I mean, I, like I said, I'm all for those type of contracts right now. I don't think Hendricks will take anything like that because he just had a fantastic year. Uh, I just, I don't know if I see the Dodgers going four years, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I know you were, had some interests. I mean, the Dodgers have interests, but you had some interests as well in Ryan. Is it Stanek? Stanek. Stanek. But yeah. before I get to that, I want to say Trevor Rosenthal could also be another interesting oh. idea for yeah, the Dodgers. Who I, I see I'm some all people, for. Um, they, they really like him. I'm all for Dodgers, like fixing pitcher type stuff. Any guy that like once had it, dependent well, on age. was good like the last few years, I think. Yeah, dependent on age and if it was any type of injury, depending on that type of injury, I do think for the most part, uh, pitchers can refine it. They have that talent. At the most guys are not just one year wonders that it happened once uh, and they can never throw like that again. So I would yeah. be totally fine with the Dodgers kind of taking a bet on that and going one year and seeing what happens. 
So uh, you mentioned Ryan Stanick. Um, he was not tendered by the Marlins. He's had one good year and half of a good year, so one and a half good years. Um, in 2018 and half of 2019 before he got traded to the Marlins and he struggled there since. Uh, one thing I noticed is when he was really good in 18 and part of 19, he was strictly a four-seam slider pitcher. And then when he got to the Mar Marlins, he started throwing a split a, a whole lot more and he struggled ever since. Um, so if the Dodgers sign him, my guess is they probably go back to the four-seam and uh, slider combination because that worked for him in Tampa. And, you know, the Dodgers and Tampa kind of go hand in hand at this point just because of Andrew Friedman and they both are on the same way philosophy-wise. So Ryan Stanek is definitely another reclamation project, but he's only 29, and his fastball sits in the mid to upper 90s. So I think he'd definitely be worth a look for the Dodgers. Yeah, and uh, I this might be a horrible mindset to have, but I've kind of already said it once at this point we've won our world series. Like I'm fine with taking any type of risk. It means because like, I don't have that anxiety in me anymore. That's like, you guys have to go win, get everything. So like, I'm okay with taking these. And if they bite them in the ass for a couple months, it is what it is. Uh, I think the team is so talented that it probably won't matter if they take a bet on someone and it doesn't pan out. So, um, they seem to be interested in basically any type of pitcher they always are. So we will keep an ear out for that. Um, I know we have make the case next and I want to get into that. However, I think we might be on that for a while. So I'm going to have, if you're good with going into your prospects and then we'll go into that one. Okay. So last week, uh, Fangraphs had like a breakdown of the Dodgers, almost 47, the top 47 prospects. Um, and the three interesting things that I saw. So Fangraphs is super high on Michael Bush. They already think he's the Dodgers' third best prospect. Um, they think he's a legit major league hitter right now. Uh, the problem is they don't know where to put him defensively. He played second. He played first in left field in college. So they actually think that he could be the Dodgers' starting left fielder in 2021. Um, I know we talked about moving Gavin Lux to left field, but he's more valuable at second. Plus, he can actually handle the position glove-wise. It's the throwing in the yips that remain his his issue. Um, another thing that I was very intrigued by was Ryan Pepio, who I believe we saw at Dodgers summer camp in a game or two. Um, Fangraphs uh, get high on him. Um, so Pepio gets a lot of spin on his changeup, and the Dodgers are working with him to harness that and get it similar to Devin Williams of the Brewers, who has the best changeup in baseball. So if he can get anywhere close to that, that would be amazing. Um, and then the last thing is uh, Clayton Beater. They think he's he right now has ready to make legit late inning bullpen stuff. Um, if the Dodgers wanted to move him there, then he would definitely be on the major league roster in 2021. However, the Dodgers, as they should, are trying him as a starter. But for fan graphs, they see the mid-90s mid late fastball with a late life four seam and his slider and curve play a little bit better in the bullpen in the long term. Yeah, so you love those prospects. I have the article saved. I'm going to be honest. I haven't read it yet, but I do have it saved to read. Um, as for this next part, we had mentioned, I think it was two weeks ago, we wanted to do a make the case kind of segment where we pick a free agent and talk about it. And we have to talk about Trevor Bauer because Dodgers talk about him. Dodger fans talk about him. He's easily the biggest free agent out there just because of who he is, the type of season he had winning, a, winning a Cy Young, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I kind of feel like we have to do the four first. And then I can kind of rebuttal with the against. Um, 
but I have a feeling this is gonna be a lot more conversational. So it might just be kind of back and forth as we go. Cause there's, I think there's a lot to touch on with Bauer. Um, and I, I have to say this first because I am totally anti against stuff like this. I do not ever want to be one of those fans that ignores a player's talent based on the type of person he is. I have no problem saying if I think a player is a shitty human. However, if I don't like a player, no matter my opinions on him, I'm not going to play or say a player sucks just because I don't like him. So I need to get that out there. I don't like it when fans do that. Fans have always done it with Bumgarner. I can't stand Bumgarner, but to say he's an awful pitcher and never has been good, just to me, I, I don't want to do stuff like that. So I'm going to talk to you about not his personality so much, because I know that's what everyone's going to think, but we'll go over these numbers. So give me your four and then we'll go from there. Okay, so it's going to be a long one, guys. <clears throat> uh, Trevor Bauer became a full-time pitcher in 2014. Uh, his first few years definitely was a struggle. Um, he marginally got better, but it still wasn't all that great. So in the first half of his career so far, he was a completely different pitcher than he is now. So in the first four years, he was strictly four-seam sinker curve and changeup. In the last three years when he's been actually really good, he's been four-seam cutter curve and slider. Now he's changed his pitch mix and he's been better because of it. Now, before changing his pitch mix, he had an ERA of over four. Since changing it, his ERA has been 2.83. But as a whole, in his seven years as a, as a full-time starter, the league average ERA has been 4.20. His has been 3.65. That's getting close to almost a full run better. Now, Bauer's career ERA is 3.9 when you count his other 28 to 30 innings. It was eight games when he was like a late-season call-up. Um, but here are some other interesting stats to look at. He's given up fewer home runs over uh, overnight innings than the league average. The league average strikeouts is nine per 10. He's at 13. Um, obviously there's talk about like the weak division he's played in. Uh, well, when he became a full-time starter in 2014, three central teams were in the top 10 of offenses, the Tigers, Royals, and White Sox. Plus, he still had to face notorious offenses like the Yankees and Red Sox. Also, the Blue Jays, the Orioles, and the Angels also had top 10 offenses that year. And for someone finally being an everyday starter, he definitely struggled. I will give you that. Uh, he struggled with command, and that really killed him. As for the Royals, they were literally in the World Series. <laughs> 2015, the Royals won the World Series. And... Um, through 2015 to 2019, more than half of the top offenses were in the AL. Um, and I think some of them were definitely from the from the AL Central. And the only change from the AL Central was going from the Tigers and Royals to the Indians and White Sox. So that that's for the um, – he played in a weak division uh, talk. But – so he was really good start out 19 and then struggled. So when he got to the NL in uh, after the break. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say, because that's part of my, that is part of my argument. However, I know that it can also come off as a weak argument because you can't just base a pitcher's kind of talents off of how shitty the rest of the other teams are in the division. Like it's not fair to ignore what he did. At the same time, I feel like it just has to be brought up a little bit because he was terrible for the Reds when he came over in 2019. Um, 
But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and say that if Bauer was in any other division, he would have had a three plus ERA. Like, I, I still think if he was in a different division, he would have had a low ERA. Uh, I just think in a shortened season, when you're only playing that one division, it is something that's talked about. People gave him shit for winning the Cy Young for that exact reason. Uh, but again, I don't think it's something you can completely hold against him. You brought up some numbers, which I didn't fully know about. I know his strikeout numbers are insanely high. Uh, I will admit I'm not super, super big into going completely deep because baseball is insane with the amount of stats it has. Uh, you can get lost back there forever and trying to understand all of them is extremely difficult. So my thing is a lot of just what I've seen him do over his career. And I know the guy is talented. I'm not gonna take away any of that. My question is though, he's only had a sub ERA, ERA twice in his entire career. So if you put him up against any guy, the way I look at it is if you put him up against any guys in the rotation, is he better than any of the Dodgers? And you could absolutely argue he is because May is still growing as a pitcher. Urias, same thing, still growing as a pitcher, Gonsolin. And we don't exactly know what's going to happen with Price just yet. So with all of that said, could he be better? Yes. At the same time, though, if you're taking a one-year deal, maybe it's not a big deal, but then you have to look at the long-term. If you go long-term with him, my question is, does that now affect re-signing Bueller, Seeger, Bellinger down the line? Are we now putting money into Bauer when we already have pitchers who could probably get the job done, maybe not be as good, but are more than capable of giving us what we need and saving us money in Gonsolin, May, Urias, Bueller? That's kind of where I run into it. And then you look you still have Kershaw. We still talk about Josiah Gray coming up, our number one prospect getting time pitching. Um, so a lot of it for me is just, first off, I'm not a fan of the guy because his personality. I'll admit that right here. I don't know how well that would fit in the organization with the Dodgers. Um, we saw, we saw. obviously, I'm not going to compare him to other players that they've had issues with in the past. I just wonder how something like that would go in our organization because we've seen how kind of sometimes players like that can be a problem in LA. Um, but I really think my biggest thing for me is what are we giving up in order to bring him here? Does it mean we can't afford to resign Seager? Does it mean we are now stunting the development for a couple of our younger pitchers for another year or two when they clearly need the development? That's my bigger thing is how much the Dodgers are going to have to pay him. Is he really worth paying him all of that money to bring over when in my mind, I think we have what can get the job done with the guys we have. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. See, I, I don't look at the money cause that's not my job. It's on them to figure it out and they can figure it out. Uh, money shouldn't be an option. It shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. Um, if the Yankees are able to spend all this money, then you should be able to do so as well. Um, as far as the stunting the development, there's really only gray, if we're being honest. That's actually really close. Um, Gonsolin's probably long for the bullpen anyway. Um, so really, it's just me and Yuri's trying to figure out what to do there. David Price, I, I don't know. He looked good in spring training, but is he better than Bauer? No, he's not. No, no. And um, here's my thing with Price. I've told you this before maybe price ends up in the bullpen and then you have him as a bullpen arm. And then, I mean, I don't know what the Dodgers have talked to price about any of that, but when it comes to replacing price that I'm sure there is something you could do with him because he is not better 
than Trevor Bauer. Um, so my thought was maybe do they do something and take, cause you mentioned Gonsolin to the bullpen. That makes a lot of sense. Um, does that maybe happen with price if they go after Bauer or do they actually just try to find a way and trade price elsewhere? Cause I don't know what they have so many starters that I just don't know what they're going to do. Well, it's, it's always good to have a few just in case someone gets injured. Yeah. So I can see them holding on to him or putting him in the bullpen and then him and Gonsolin could take some of my spots should uh, someone get hurt. But you mentioned is Bauer worth the money? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of money he's looking for. I assume it's probably pretty high, but Grinky makes 35 million. We mentioned David Price. He's making 32. He's way better than both of them. Um, Chris Sale makes 30, but he's completely broken at this point. Um, he's been better than Patrick Corbin. He's making like 26. So is he worth the 30 plus million? Well, according to him, trending in the right direction and with the market has set, yeah, he's worth 30 plus million. Uh, every year, the, the uh, value of the dollar goes up. So thus the player's contract will go up. So whether we agree or not that he's worth 30 million, the market says he is. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like when I say I care about money, I don't actually care about the money. I care about the money from the business aspect that I worry the Dodgers will use it as an excuse to not re-sign someone like Bueller, Bellinger, or Seager. I do not think it should be an issue. They could easily re-sign all three of those players, bring on Bauer. Um, yeah. So the money for me isn't an issue. I'm just from the business aspect. I could hundred percent see the Dodgers using that as a reason that if they signed, even so if it's I, not. I just want to say that this isn't going to happen. I'm just making a case for him. That's all. Yeah, I, I don't see him ending up in L.A. unless he does do the one-year deal. If that happens, if he wants a one- or two-year deal, I could absolutely see that actually happening long-term. I don't know if it'll happen, but you never know. I Like I said, I, my personal opinion aside, he's a great player. Um, I think if he came to the team, you, you would see what happened. I would guarantee that the Dodgers are talking to players ahead of time. I don't think they would put any player in a situation to be uncomfortable or anything like that. So at the end of the day, I kind of just have to stick by what I usually do. And that's all we can do as a fan and trust the front office that what they're doing is the best for the team and going to either help us win. And that's really all, I mean, that's, that's what I care about. Um, People yeah. have their opinions like, I, on I, Bauer. I get his personality is is a is a big issue. My thing is if Kershaw can get along with Bumgarner, I don't see why he <laughs> can't get along with Trevor Bauer, unless you know Bauer says something I don't know about his wife or something. But I don't think he'd do that. So I I don't know. It just seems like we might not like the guy's attitude but I actually enjoy watching him pitch on the mound. He has a swagger of somebody who's, I mean, better than he is, but <laughs> I, I, I like it. I mean, he goes out there, he does his little strut, his little Vince McMahon, Conor McGregor strut, and he stares down pitchers. He talks shit. He looks like uh, Bueller. I think it's fun. I have zero issue with it. Um, yeah, he's no. competitive. I, I like that. I'm all there for that. I think he's an interesting pitcher to watch. He brings a different aspect to the game that the game kind of needs. Like with his vlog, you're seeing a lot of different stuff. If we're being honest here, I will say, and I'm probably guilty of this, is I think the media has done a fantastic job of blowing up some of the shit he's done a lot more than maybe it deserves to be blown up. Um, I think it's because he is 
so polarizing on Twitter and there's not really another MLB athlete like that. MLB players right. are usually so very So he puts himself in that quiet. position because he's, he talks like, so much. Yeah, like for example, you see it in all different sports. I mean, look at Juju from the Steelers is just getting absolutely destroyed right now because of what he's done on TikTok recently and all the shit talking, dancing on other teams' logos, being disrespectful. But people like Yo, it. Until he got it, leveled yesterday. Yeah, that I, was wild. Yeah, he's yeah, that's bad. I, there's so many TikToks going around making fun of him. But at the same see, time, look, right. it's good. I have no problem with him. It's good for the doing sport. TikToks and dancing. Yes, it's fun. He's no, got I don't either. Let him have it. So. I think what has happened with the Bowers situation is I think, first of all, Bowers just kind of knowingly taken things a little too far. Like there's times where he could have just been like, okay, I'm not going to respond and not make this worse. And I think sometimes he, he just, I, he doesn't care. I don't think he cares what anyone's opinion is about him. And I think the media has done, because he had such a strong 2020, the media has done such a great job of giving him even more attention when he does stupid stuff that I think it kind of gets blown up in fans faces so much that you get to a point where you're just annoyed by it and don't want to hear about it anymore That's fair. and I think if you were to ask him he'd probably be a self-proclaimed douchebag I, yeah I, I think he, he seems like the kind douchebag. of person that would admit to it he, he doesn't it, yeah yeah he doesn't pull any punches he will admit that like he knows people don't like him and like I fully respect that he has I don't give a fuck attitude but I just my only question is I don't want it to be a problem in the organization. And I've seen sometimes how he responds to fans after games. Uh, I just don't want it to turn into kind of like a whole, the fans hate you based on what you say, kind of like what happened with the whole Grandall thing when Grandall basically said, I don't care if I'm playing like shit, it bothers you guys more than me. Uh, I just don't really want another situation like that. Cause it sucks as a fan when you don't like a player like that. So my biggest thing is if he comes to LA, just don't, piss anybody off and we'll be like don't piss anybody off for unnecessary reasons i don't give a shit if he pisses off like tough. people well yeah but i think it's who he is i i don't know i'm not gonna sit here and pretend that i'm gonna be like angry if the dodgers sign him uh if he's on the team i will give him the benefit of the doubt but we'll just have to see what happens again i don't think it'll happen but at the end of the day we're just gonna have to see what the Dodgers do, whether it happens, we don't know. Uh, Bauer has not given basically any type of hint what team he's going to. He's doing videos on- well, uh, he's giving, he's going to all 30 teams, you didn't know? Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's kind of what's <laughs> happening. He's going on YouTube and making videos of like the top, top top five fan bases who's recruiting him, which I think is just a typical Bauer move. Like, let me get your attention and kind of irritate the fan bases. Cause I guarantee he's not going to go to a team based on the team that's recruiting him. He's gonna go where the money is. Uh, cause I don't think he has ever held back the fact that he wants his money. So, um, we'll see what happens, but on to the next stuff, our MLB news. Um, I have to be honest, I'm going to let you start with this one because I really don't know how I feel about it. I'm back and forth. So I'm going to have you start, start about it. And then I'm going to play off of you because okay. I really don't know what so to think. I, I don't have the exact quote, but it's basically met, uh, Don Mattingly talking about how baseball's boring and the shift should be banned or whatever so i want to start this by saying um maddenly saying that he couldn't watch the rest of the playoffs after the team's eliminated <laughs> just was. sounds like sour uh. grapes to me uh because i don't think there's a reasonable person who would say that this year's playoffs were boring because they weren't boring you at know maddenly's pissed though after all his like failures in the playoffs with the dodgers he was pissed so i'm sure He's always been a little are, are salty he, towards the Dodgers, I think. Yeah, well, he's a Yankee, so fuck him. Yeah. Um, 
so I mean, there were a lot of good games in both leagues. Um, and as far as banning goes, should the game really punish strategy for bad players and reward bad players or help them out? Like, I don't think any good players are having issues. Like Trout, Betts, Acuna Jr., Soto, are they really having trouble with the shift? Doesn't seem like it. Um, I, I know like some pitchers hate it, but it helps them more times than it hurts them, if we're being honest. So watching them get frustrated because one hit went to where the shift was, it's a little irritating. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so um, how are some ways that you can make baseball more fun? That part, I I don't know if there's anything changing to the game that has to be done. Um, for me, it's really just the way that M- MLB runs themselves and the way they market their players. I think the game is fun when you allow the players to be themselves. Look at the NBA. The NFL is slowly coming around for the longest time. Everyone knew of them as the no fun league. Um, they are slowly coming around, letting players do choreographed kind of celebrations in the end zone. And it might piss some people off. It'll piss the traditional off, but it, it's fun. It's entertaining to watch it. And I think the game of baseball itself doesn't have to change. I think it's just how we go about promoting the sport and allowing players to do the things that they want to do. Like this whole, you can't have certain colors on your cleats unless they match the original cleat color from that company or your team's colors is the most ridiculous thing to me in the entire world. Like, why does it matter? Uh, Players weekend is always so much fun, not because the jerseys are awful, MLB screws that up, but it's fun to see the players personalize everything and go out there with their personalized bats. I understand maybe not wanting to allow a player to customize a bat because maybe that can get tricky for a pitcher depending on what's going on. Stuff like that I get. You don't want to start messing with all that gloves for pitchers. Um, But I just, I don't know if the sport needs changing as much as the people who run it and how we go about promoting it and trying to get the youth involved uh because i think that's where our biggest kind of fallback is in the sport just let them have fun like do you see how much fun like the taiwanese players have pimping home runs or the japanese or korean players or this players from spanish-speaking countries who play with so much heart and passion they're having fun playing the game they love they're enjoying it just let them tim anderson in the mlb (laughs) right now just let them go out pimp home runs, have fun. If it's a pitcher striking out someone in a big uh, spot, let them stare down the batter. I had zero issue with uh, Lopez striking out uh, Peterson in a big spot and just staring Peterson down. Peterson didn't say anything about it. He just nodded his head like, okay. And then the Dodgers got their comeuppance when Benzer hit a game-winning home run off of him. Just let things happen. Let players have fun. Let players be themselves. Lindor is super smiley, always having fun. Love watching him play baseball. Just allow uh, players to be themselves, and I don't think the game would have an issue. Yeah, I think I think it's the issue to me is media and the people who run it. I'm all like fans are always gonna bitch. We have a right as fans. We do it on Twitter, but the fact that MLB is so hard in wanting to yell, like get on players and find them for this stuff, and the media is kind of just there backing it up a little bit, or like you have stupid things coming out about like Tatis hitting that grand slam. And instead of there being a ton of articles as to like, this is stupid, stop making players feel this way. It's always, well, should we get, what should we do about the unwritten rules? And it's like, why is there still a question? Just get rid of them. That's what should be done. We don't need to keep having this conversation. And I really believe that that's what would change baseball. The sport itself is never going to be for everybody. It is a slow sport. 
but it's a fun yeah. sport if you truly understand how the game works. Yeah. So there was a. I saw I've always a few thought baseballs for smart people. So. <laughs> As anyone that tells me they don't like baseball, I question, yeah, I question your intelligence if you tell me you don't like baseball. The same people that tell me they don't like watching baseball are like the same people that that watch golf or NASCAR, and I'm just like, okay. But what if you watch all three? Like, hey, to each their... Hey, if you watch all three, (laughs) then by all means, but if you're shitting on the Major League Baseball and saying, oh, but I like watching golf, and I'm just like, all right, that's cool. Yeah, no. I'll play golf, but I'm not about to watch it. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm all for people, everyone watching it. Just stop telling me baseball's boring because I'm tired of it. It's it, to me, you just aren't understanding it. And maybe that's a, that's probably how golf people feel about people who don't like it. Which but probably, is fine. yeah. Which that's fine. Just fine. Sure. I don't care. I just don't want to hear any NASCAR person tell me they think I'm dumb because I don't like NASCAR. Because let's be real, driving a car is very very hard. But I think watching it, you pretty much get the gist watching it. So, right. Yeah, I golf completely is understand a how difficult it is driving. Well, I don't know, 200 miles an hour in a in a racetrack but just watching it i'm like oh look they're driving in a circle oh yeah it's hard as hell what they're doing those are some athletes but so uh i did see some things on it's It's sports for different people i I did see some things on reddit where they think uh some changes could be made so they were talking about lowering the mound or pushing it back so it'd make it easier for the hitter uh and the office so you'll get more offense which is quote unquote more fun However, I have seen I have seen a lot of fans complain that there's too many home runs and too many strikeouts. So maybe um, lowering the mound or pushing it back would make it so that players don't strike out as much. As far as the home run goes, maybe they should deaden the ball because I mean there was all this talk like in 2017 that the MLB had like doctored the baseball and it made it fly over the place. So if they deaden it a bit, maybe the home runs would go down, the strikeouts would definitely go down. Um, so I, those are some things that they were uh, mentioning on Reddit. Yeah, my biggest thing is just let players be themselves, and I guarantee you MLB will head in a much better direction than it is currently in. It's really not that difficult, MLB. Get it together. You put out this whole thing that let let the kids play, so let's let the kids play. Um, on Wait, to our next couple before, things. We are running out of t- Oh. I was going to say real quick before you move on, there was something I did want to say. Um, nothing. This is nothing against Acuna Jr., Soto, or Tatis, but they really have like kind of messed with what people see prospects as because not every prospect can be to that level right away. It, sometimes it might take some people longer. So them being great at 19, 20 years old, now people are like, oh, Joe Adele's not going to be on the major league roster. Maybe he's a bust. And I'm like, bro, he's 22. Calm down. And then there's other people like, oh, Gavin Lux has sucked. Yes, he has. He's 23. Let's relax a little bit here. Not every player can be Tatis Jr., Alex Rodriguez, King Griffey Jr. Like, that's not possible. So I think fans need to bring their expectations down a little bit because for the most part, majority of the time, it takes players some time those players are just very special. That's all. I'm just going to throw this out there that it was extremely random. So I'm assuming yeah. that goes back to your Bauer thing that we were yeah, talking about. Yeah, it okay. did a little so bit. So that makes sense. Okay. But I don't okay. remember how it tied in. That's the only thing. Well, because you had said but Bauer. It was to that. You said Bauer struggled his first couple of years. And then as he got older, he got better. So it was, yes. I think that's yeah, yeah. okay. Okay. So 
All right, on to the next thing. Um, great news here. It's about damn time, but MLB announced last week that they would finally recognize the Negro League players as big league talent. So all the players from 1920 to 1948 will now finally have their names and accomplishments acknowledged when talking about big league records and the history of MLB. So um, better late than never should have been done a long time ago, but it's, it's good that they're finally being recognized for their talent because there were a lot of players in the Negro leagues who would have been better than players in MLB who just didn't ever get the chance because they were black. So that, it's time to give I'm them, saying. it's time to give them a lot of these, a due. lot of those Negro league players would have been in the MLB had MLB allowed it. Yeah. So, um, I read racist. I so. read something that said, um, when Jackie Robinson got signed by the Dodgers, he wasn't even a top 20 player in the Negro leagues at the time. So just to give you an idea, there were, was a lot of talent um and they weren't recognized for it so i know there's some fans that are upset by this but you're gonna have to get over it because it was a long time coming and needed to happen last couple things there's been a couple signings around baseball michael michael waka signed a one-year three million dollar contract with the rays uh mike zunino also returned to the rays on a one-year three million dollar contract and then anthony del descalfini signed a one-year six million dollar contract with the giants and then last but not least, we I well, we want to give a big congratulations to Howie Kendrick on a 15-year career in the big leagues. He announced his retirement yesterday. Uh, he played for the Dodgers in 2015, 2016, and well, ruined our season in 2019. So, um, but hey, he also ruined the Astros season. So it's all good, Howie. We, we we all appreciate what you did. We got our World Series this year, so uh, right. it's all good. But and, like Howie wasn't like he's not a Hall of Famer, but he was a pretty solid player his whole career. Was really yeah. good hitter, and he's also he just a really nice dude. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also a good guy. So um, congrats to him and his family. And hopefully he enjoys it. I would not be surprised to see him back in the league in some capacity because he seems to be very loved um, everywhere he goes. But other than that, that was really all we had for this week. Um, we've got Christmas on Friday. So I think, right. It's on Friday. I don't yeah. know. I can't even keep up with the days anymore, what day it is, but um Outside of that, we hope everyone has a great Christmas. I've got nothing else to touch on. Do you? Uh, no. No. Okay. So with that said, um, make sure you guys follow us on social. You can find us everywhere. We're on TikTok now, uh, at Dodger Yard, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find my personal at Randy underscore Radcliffe. And you can find my personal at Michael Konu, M-Y-K-A-L-K-O-N-U. And if you haven't, please do us a favor and drop a rating and review on Apple podcasts. And other than that, we appreciate you guys and hope you have a good rest of your night, morning, afternoon, weekend, whatever it is. And we will catch you next week. Bye guys. See you later guys. <laughs>